You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. So this is probably one of the most familiar chapters in the entire Bible. I remember in Sunday school, how many of you guys remember the felt cartoon things? You know, the comics things, you know, you just stick it onto the green felt with the Velcro, was it? Or something like that. You remember in Sunday school, if, if there was any church Sunday school that you attended, it, was, it would always be the six days of creation or Noah's Ark. Right? You'd always have the animals or you'd have like the sun and moon and stars and clouds or something like that. And so this is a very familiar, familiar chapter to most everyone. In fact, even for those people who have never once entered a church, they have heard this chapter before, and they think they know what it's all about. At least they certainly have an opinion about it. And while this is one of the most familiar chapters, it can also be one of the most frustrating chapters in the entire Bible because it addresses the pertinent questions known to every human being on earth. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And how did everything come to be? I mean, this chapter is simple enough for us to teach little children, but somehow it still defies the understanding of even the most brilliant scholars. So while many people are familiar with Genesis chapter 1, many people still show little evidence of actually and truly understanding its deep truths. So hear me out. We're in the first chapter of the first book of the Bible. There's about 100, I'm sorry, 1,500 verses in this book of Genesis. And if I continue on with the pace I set last week, I calculated it. It would take me around 38 to 40 years. 38 to 40 years, your grandchildren will be a part of the series. You can really then discuss it with your families, right? I was thinking about changing life group to life generation discussions. Anyways, so needless to say, I will be picking up the pace because I don't know how much longer I have to live. Which, by the way, should also tell us how deep and how rich the Word of God is to us all. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, the Word of God is rich. Now, let me say this. This is a bit of a tangent, but if you really take time to read and to meditate on His words, there is just so much that the Lord can reveal to you. You believe that? Amen. Don't make your Bible reading time a bathroom moment. Okay? Have you ever, let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen or have you ever heard, or maybe if it's even you, but have you ever seen or heard a person get ready to watch their favorite TV show? I think you know what I'm talking about. They'll go, first of all, they'll fall off the face of the earth. They say, don't contact me. Right? They'll go order food or pick up food. Then they get the food and they put it all nicely in front of them, maybe TV tray or something like that, right? They'll set it before them and they're getting all nice and, and they'll even get their phone. And the person who's usually just, their phone is their life, they would actually get their phone turned off if not place it in their bedroom because this is your time, right? So you go back, you put on your favorite PJs, you put on your little, you know, uh, slippers or something like that, and then you, you, you sit down, you turn on Netflix or you turn on the TV, your smart TV, dim the lights a bit, and then you get the food, you put your napkin in, underneath your, in your collar, and you get ready and you watch the show. 
and it takes about 20, 30 minute prep time. Have you guys ever done this? That you can't even eat until you get your show right? You know what I'm talking about? Right? You can't do that. Here's the thing. This is what's boggling my mind. There's so much preparation involved and so much focus drawn on to the screen. And as you watch it, like a character will say a word or a phrase and immediately you think back to the episode 11 of season 3 when someone else said the same thing and you're thinking, how can I connect the dots here, right? And then not only that, you start thinking critically of why it was said and for what purpose. All that because of just one show. You put so much emphasis, so much time to prepare to watch and get ourselves ready to watch that show. And yet when it comes to the Word of God, we all download this app. Can I hear an amen? amen? We download this app, and it gives us a verse. Not a chapter. A verse. And it gives us a small, short illustration. And it might give us an application question. In less than three minutes, we're done forever forgetting the content, it's understanding, and we just can't wait to say, God, I'm done, now where's my cookie? Folks, we need the Word of God, amen? We need to focus on the Word of God, amen? Billy Graham, he said this, we need to feed on the Word of God, for it is nourishment to my soul. That's what Billy Graham said. And people, our souls have been starved. You believe that? Our souls have been starved far too long while our flesh has been gaining weight. It's been gaining weight. Let me say this, brothers and sisters. Right now, God is saying it's time to trim the fat. It's time to trim the fat of the world and to instead feast on the healthy, life-giving, nourishing, everlasting word of God. Who wants to commit with me? You guys want to commit with me? Right? So read on. Take your time. Feast on the word of God. Don't make it a bathroom moment. Make it your daily moment. Make it something that you can just commit to. Amen? Now, I'm not going to go into every detail of this chapter because I think we'll have time throughout my series to go back and, and, and just kind of pick apart the different parts that we need to. But I believe that God has made a couple of things clear for us, two things in fact. And the first point is this, that God, he transforms chaos into creation. Turn to your neighbor and say, chaos into creation. Now, when you think of Genesis chapter 1, you probably think of creation, the days of creation, all the wonderful things, animals that were created. You think of the plants that were created. Most people, however, would not associate chaos with this chapter. Genesis chapter 1, chaos? No. I think of the wonderful, lovely things that God says, let there be, let there be, let there be. And all the wonderful animals, the lamb and the lion chilling and frolicking about, all these wonderful things. After all, didn't God create everything good? Wasn't the world, if anything, perfect before sin entered it? I mean, how could there be anything else but beauty at this point? Well, look at verse 2. It says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness over the face of the deep. You see, the creation account does not start with verse 3, where it says, And God said, Let there be light. It doesn't jump from verse 1 to verse 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. No, didn't, didn't do that. Instead, God tells us something, something significant between God's assertion that he created the heavens and the earth and the description of the six creative days. You see, God, he didn't create the earth and it was splendidly wonderful instantly. This kind of reminds me of the potter who begins with a big, wet, ugly lump of clay first. 
In fact, the language used here was the word formless and void, which is one of the most depressing words in the Hebrew language. And that's how the author, Moses, used to describe the beginning of God's new creation. God's new creation before that was empty, void. It was just nothing. It was chaos. It was dark. And these are tough words because it signifies chaos and hopelessness. In fact, in Isaiah 34, as well as in Jeremiah 4, those words were used to describe the devastation of God's judgment. Those weren't pretty words. Before God created everything, it was void. It was nothing. In other words, it was chaos. It was hopeless. It was dark. There was darkness over it all. In the Bible, darkness is not a good description because it's a word that's regularly associated with sin and death. It's not conducive to life. However, in that darkness, in that utter chaos and formlessness, in that despair, we read in verse 3, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Wrap your head around that for a second. In the chaos, in the darkness, in that void, in that God was still present. Hallelujah. God was still present. God was still firmly in control. Brothers and sisters, if there's an emptiness, a void, a darkness to your life today, if there is a deep sense of what if, what will happen, what should happen, you feel like you're just in idle mode, in neutral, no hope. Maybe it has to do with your job, maybe your ambition, maybe your relationship, maybe your heart, your everything. It just seems formless right now. You feel you're like in limbo. You're feeling a void and darkness and you find yourself surrounded in the deep. I have good news for you today because it is exactly at this point that God will begin to work in you. It is at this point that God says, now I'm ready. And it's at this point in your life when you know that you have hit the bottom rock and we have nothing else that God says, I will shape you and I will form you and I will hover over the surface of your heart and soul if you'll let me. Do so you see this verse is such an incredible gift of understanding for us because Knowing that in our time of darkness, when we need him the most, God says, I am right there. I am here. And he's waiting for us to turn to him, waiting to create life in an otherwise empty space. There was nothing, people. There was emptiness, just a void, a darkness. And so God, he fixes that. He remedies it by forming separation bring form and order. Day one, the light is separated from the darkness to form day and night. Day two, the waters are separated to form the sky. Day three, the seas are separated to form dry land. What's God doing here? Remember, the earth was without form, and now God is giving it form. Space is covered in darkness, but God, he will, he will command the light. The scary, chaotic sea is now being contained. The frightening deep is brought to order. Coastlines are made. Riverbeds are put into place. Storms are being reined in. What is God doing right now? He's making space for an inhabitable world. He's prepping People, sometimes the pain that we're going through, the pain of giving up things of the world to pursue God, 
giving up sinful habits, giving up sinful friends, giving up sinful lifestyles, the convictions that you're having to carry the cross, to fill your minds and hearts with more of God and less of the world. These are struggles that God has placed in you right now because he is doing something. He is preparing something. He is separating in you the dark and the light. He's trying to rein in your wild heart. He desires to bring your chaotic life to order. And let me say this, brothers and sisters, some of y'all, lies are crazy. It is crazy. One day it's up, next day it's down. Next day it's up, next day it's down. He attempts to form boundaries, fix coastlines, plant shores, all for the purposes of preparing to make your life inhabitable, living for greater reign of his spirit. You see, God, he's working you right now so he can live in you so that you can live in him. Are you uninhabitable? Do you feel like your life is just rolling in the deep right now, shrouded in continual darkness, a formless chaos of nothingness? Do you feel that's what your life, every single day you wake up, it's just kind of like, what am I doing? What's going on in my life? Is it just eat, play, sleep, rest, and that's it? That's, is that all I'm doing? Let me say this. God, he does not want that to continue on in your life. He's starting something in you. Just like we sung today, brothers and sisters, now's the time to surrender Surrender to him today, but there's more. You see, because the first three days answered the formlessness of the world, the next three days answers the emptiness. Just as there was nothing, just emptiness, just a void, a darkness, so God, he fixes that. He remedies that by creating distinctions, lines, separations. We also learn that he doesn't just separate, he also creates. And how God answers to the emptiness of the world parallels to the formlessness. You see, so as God separated the light from the darkness on day one, he now forms light to regulate the day and night on day four. He makes the sun, moon, and stars. When God, he, where God divided the waters and formed the sky on day two, he now fills the waters with living creatures and the skies with birds. You see, that's day five. And where God, he divides the seas to form land on day three. He now fills the land with living things and man made in the image of God. That's day six. You know what? If we're willing to let him, that's what God will do in us too. He's been preparing you as his new creation for a newly created life. He wants you to start over and only he can give you the power to do that. He wants to put in you a new creation. God, he wants to create something in you, and he does so. How? By listening to Pastor David's seven steps to becoming a better you? Is that how we do it? By fixing your this and that, then you'll, your life will be fixed? No. How does he create in you something new? He creates in you something new by the power of his word. Power of his word, and that's our second point. God saw, God separated God called, God made, God set, God created. God is the subject in all of these verses. God is the creator, the only one from the beginning. But what's also as impressive is when, he read, was when we read, and God said. God said, let there be light, and there was 
light. God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, the sky, and it was so. God said, let the water be gathered and dry ground appear, and it was so. God said, let the land produce vegetation, and it was so. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky, and it was so. God said, let the waters teem with living creatures, and let the birds fly, and it was so. God said, let the land produce living creatures, and it was so. God said, let the, let, let's make man in our image, God created man, then God told man, be fruitful and multiply. And then he said, I give you every plant and tree that has fruit, they will be yours for food, and it was so. You see, Hebrews chapter 11, 3 says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed by and at his command. By the word of God. So what does that mean in terms of how creation took place? Well, guess what? It would rule out evolution. It rules out evolution as a system, whether it's an atheistic, Darwinian point of view, or a theistic evolution, which essentially says that there was God or a God who had put something in motion to the building blocks of life, and then he casually stepped back and let the things naturally take its course. But here we read that God created everything by the power of his word. Now hear me out. This doesn't answer the question of, well, Pastor David, does it mean literal 24-hour days, meaning the young earth view? Or does it mean day ages, meaning the old earth view? Are we a 10,000-year-old earth or a 10-billion-year-old earth? Let me say this. Either view can honor the simple and yet profound truth that God created everything. God did it. The word of God, his powerful word. Look, I don't think we'll get all the answers on this side of the glory. But then I'm reminded of Psalm 19. And it says, how the heavens declare the glory of God. It says that the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. So what does that mean for us, and what does, how does that apply? It means that understanding the glory of the creation is only secondary. Because what truly matters at the end of it all is this. Do you trust in the word of God? More than what you see here, do you trust and have confidence in the word of God? Who cares if you know all the tiny intricacies of creation, but you don't have a relationship with God? Who cares if you know what he wrote, but you don't know the author? We must have confidence in the word of God, amen? The word who has now become flesh and dwelt among us. The Bible tells us, Anyone who comes to Christ Jesus is a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away, and all things are made new. Hallelujah. God is not only getting you ready, but he's getting you ready for his word to take root in your life. Maybe some of you guys have been Christians for a long time, but the word of God has not taken root in your life. For you, the word of God is still debatable, it's still questionable, and you're still skeptical. And you're saying, maybe, God, yes, I will believe in you, Jesus, but, you know, I'm going to selectively choose what I think is right and what is wrong. And God says, my, my words have not taken root in your life then. This means, brothers and sisters, if you are feeling that your life is filled with darkness and formlessness and a void and just chaos, the only hope for any deliverance 
is the entrance of the word of God, the gospel in your life. The chaos and suffering we see around the world can only hope for beauty and order when the world commits and takes allegiance to the word of God through his son, Jesus. You see, they don't need more food. They need more Jesus. You don't need more money. You need more Jesus. You don't need more time. You need more Jesus. And so what does that mean for us as a church, especially as we're preparing for the love festival? And that is our agenda and our only agenda till kingdom come is that this, we must simply proclaim and declare and obey the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of it all, only God alone is able to create something from nothing. You can go to therapy, you can go to counseling, you can talk to your best friends who know you, top down, whatever, and, they, and all that stuff. But no, 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 you see, they're, they're not miracle workers. They're not God. Only God alone is wise enough to design the universe. Only God alone is able to bring that order from the chaos. Only God alone is able to fill the emptiness with fullness and beauty of his creation. And we can rest assured that when God does, guess what? When God works in your life, even though it may hurt, but when God works in your life, you can trust that at the end, it is very good. It is good. God, he wants to bring you into, the, into his life of fullness, into his life of order, beauty, and everlasting peace. Today, know that you are sitting in the very presence of the Lord God, the God who is before time, the God who made the beginning, the God who transforms chaos into creation and does so by his powerful word. Which words will you start trusting in, the words of the world or the words of the one who created the world? He has given you form. He then gives you life. And brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, he now gives you a purpose. To know this deep truth, it only starts, it always starts with Jesus. You can't make sense of life and of your life if you don't start with the creator of life. So start with Jesus today. Train yourself to seek after him by giving into his word day in, day out, and trust that the Holy Spirit will open your eyes. And for some of you, you're thinking, but I've read it and I don't get it. Well, guess what? Ask the Holy Spirit. He will open your eyes. And maybe right now you're saying, but you know what? I still have tried asking. Brothers and sisters, commit. Commit and devote yourself. And you will see the splendor of God, the only goodness and grace and the truth that only a child of God can see. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word, the word of truth. Lord, bless it to our spiritual nourishment because, Lord, we are starving. And it's not because you're not available. No, Lord, we've, we've been living our lives tight-lipped, mouths closed, feeding on everything else but you. And so we thank you for the start of this Genesis series, allowing us to unpack some of the biggest and grandest and most amazing of mysteries, the creation of the world by your hand, by your word. Lord, we praise you, oh God. I pray now, Lord, that you would help us to enjoy not just the splendor of what we see around us, but the splendor and sheer awesomeness of your power 
the goodness of your word, the amazing grace, Lord, of your will. We give you all glory. Brothers and sisters, I want to give you guys a moment now as we prepare for the last song. Do you believe that God is the creator God that is so? The struggles that you're facing in life, a vacation is not going to remedy it. Taking time away from church, and I've heard people say that, or from life group, is not going to save it. If there's chaos, formlessness, nothingness, darkness in your life, brothers and sisters, know this, the creator, he he changes chaos into, into order. He will create in you a new life. And right now, perhaps he is creating in you a new life. If that's happening, then get out of the way and let him do it. But not only that, may for some of us here, we stopped with our just meditation on the word of the Lord. Maybe we just stopped altogether, thinking that Sunday services is sufficient for me. It is not. Whether you know it or not, you may look outwardly vibrant and with a smile and you can do your thing, but let me tell you, if this is all you're taking in right now and you're not getting a daily consumption of the word of God, you are spiritually dying. You are. There's no, there's no nice way to put it. If you're only eating physically one time a week out of the other 21 meals that you need, you will be physically dying. It is no different spiritually. The Lord, he's calling you back to his word because it is through his word that true creation and change and hope comes. Let's commit together. Those of you in life group, all of you should be in life group. Commit with one another. Hold each other accountable. This is a team effort. Let's do this together. So let's take this time and pray and say, God, would you make me a new creation? And for those, for those of you who aren't a believer, maybe you've heard enough now. Maybe God is saying, now's time. This chaos in your life, give it to me and I will give you order. This darkness in your life, take it from me. Allow me to take it from you and I will give you light. This feeling of enslavement, of, of being bound to something or someone, all that Jesus says, give it to me and I will give you freedom. Maybe we need to take this time to simply surrender. Surrender. Let's pray.